Yo, welcome back. It's wild card round. It's, uh, it's the playoffs. We're here talking some ball. We've got a six-game slate, boys. Fun six-game slate. Interesting six-game slate. Tricky six-game slate. Uh, I'm joined by my guy, Scott Barrett, as I always am. Jake Tribby's with us this week. The boy, the star, the legend. Uh, we're here to talk some ball. And uh, guys, I, I, Jake, Scott, I don't know how you guys feel, but just like writing slate breakdown this week, going through the slate. This is a really tricky slate but i'm I'm excited for it how are you guys feeling uh i'm on day four no nicotine and no caffeine so i'm just an absolute great. zombie yeah. i my so i i dealt with like really bad stomach issues i was basically nauseous every day for six months and it was horrible as soon as i quit like my stomach's been great the only problem is uh it definitely shaved off like 25 iq points and I have like mild narcolepsy. Uh, so I'm a moron. So I'm, I'm hoping you guys can take the reins and, and steal the show today. Uh, but yeah, thanks for thanks for writing up the sleep breakdown, giving me a chance to let my body recover. Jake, how are you doing? Uh, I'm doing pretty good. I've actually been been sick all week. And I think I overdid the overdid the NyQuil a little bit last night. So I woke up this morning just okay. feeling real weird but uh <laughs> scott i mean i can't i'm i'm just shocked that a ton of nicotine and caffeine was hurting your stomach i mean that's like no doctor could have could have seen that coming yeah it's just like yeah cars run on gasoline scott runs on nicotine and caffeine. it's just what it is did you stop cold turkey like oh, you yeah. had, oh, you had no no soda no coffee i know you're not a coffee guy but yeah, just just one hundred percent cold turkey. Uh, one of the one of our subscribers told me to read this book, like Alan Carr's "How to Stop Smoking and Enjoy It," something like that. Um, and uh, I read it, and as I was reading, like I figured out the trick of the book. Like apparently, this book has a ninety percent success rate. The trick of the book is like he just basically repeats over and over again that quitting smoking is really easy. And it's the easiest thing in the world and everyone should do it. It's so easy. And it, it basically like lulls you into, it like brainwashes you slash uh, hypnotizes you. Just uh, positive, uh, whatever it's called, where you just say like positive yeah. things over and over and then it sticks. Yeah. And that's what it is. But like, you know, maybe it worked. I don't know. I, I feel outside of narcolepsy and being super dumb, I feel pretty good. Yeah. I, um, I've heard just from buddies and just whatever that like quitting cigarettes or quitting nicotine is like literally harder than quitting heroin. Like, yeah, I've heard that too. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know if it's like it's physical. And I'll be like, this is, this is nothing. Yeah. I don't know if it's physical, but it's, it's definitely a mental addiction. My mom did it. My mom was uh, a big smoker and she did the patches and the gum for a long time. That helped. You should get a, you should get the, the nicotine patches. Yeah, I don't know. That's, that's wussy stuff. I, I just want to go cold turkey and just <laughs> suffer for for three weeks and then. I just want a splitting migraine for three days straight. Well, that's caffeine. I mean, caffeine is just you have a migraine. Yeah, I, I couldn't. I couldn't. Nicotine, I couldn't. you're just like grumpy. Yeah. And dumb. Yeah. I'm so dumb. Oh my <laughs> All right. Well, 25% Scott Barrett is still better than 99% of the other DFS analysts out there. So hey, 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 I'll take it. Um, let's get started here, boys. Seahawks, 49ers. Niners are nine and a half point favorites. Total is 42 and a half. Um, injury-wise, not much in this game. We, we'll, we've got a bunch of key injuries to, to look at later in the later games here, but really the one I'm looking at here is Noah Fan. He's been dealing with a knee injury. 
for a couple of weeks. I think he's going to play. He's going to probably gut through it. But Colby Parkinson would be a little interesting if Fant were to miss. DJ Dallas also has an ankle injury, uh, which is kind of a big deal for Ken Walker. Uh, Dallas has been playing more in passing downs as of late, so we're going to monitor his status as well here, boys. But really, I mean, it's the McCaffrey show, at least in Saturday slates. Um, Jake, I'm I'm curious to get your thoughts because I haven't done much thinking about just like how I'm going to split up these slates, but at least for Saturday only, like it's all in McCaffrey here. He's 8,900. We got a lot flatter pricing structure on DraftKings this week, just with six games, fewer, uh, fewer guys to pick from. So DK did do us a little bit of a favor. McCaffrey is the highest priced player on the slate and it makes sense. Smash spot here against Seattle. Um, Jake, I'll flip it to you first. How are you treating Niners Seahawks and how are you treating McCaffrey, I guess, on a six game slate? Yeah, I mean, I don't think I'm going to take a, a huge stand on McCaffrey. I want to be a little overweight the field. Honestly, on the on the two game slate, one of the lineup combinations that I really love is McCaffrey and Elijah Mitchell uh, together on I the same ask, team. Yeah, I want to bring yeah, that up. I mean, at, at 4,700, like Mitchell is a pretty strong play on his own. In the three games that they played together from week 10 to week 12, Mitchell actually uh, outdid McCaffrey in red zone opportunities, 10 to 7. Um, so he carries pretty good TD equity. And if this game's a blowout, like the spread implies, I mean, you know, these guys could, com- could combine for 40 touches, right? I mean, it could get it could get pretty wild on the six game slate and a little bit on the two game slate. Um, I am slightly interested in Seattle passing stacks. I'm not going to overdo it, but like no one's going to touch Gino on the on the Seattle side. Um, so, yeah, that's kind of where I'm at with with this game. Yeah. I like Elijah Mitchell a lot. I took his over 36 and a half yards. It's already moved through 36 and a half. I think I, I think I saw it at 38 and a half already. Um, I would take that too. Um, just such a, I mean, it's just, just a smash bottom. I mean, we've been picking backs against Seattle for the last like eight weeks straight, basically. Uh, they're 31st in EPA per carry. Um, and I'm with you. I, I think Niners roll uh, here. I mean, they, they won and covered both of their matchups this season against uh, against the Niners. The big thing is like, there's just such a massive gap between Niners defense and Seahawks defense. Right. I mean, like uh, I, I pulled this up, the Seahawks had 20 possessions against the 49ers this season in their two games, 20 possessions. They only scored one touchdown. Like Seahawks might get dusted here, man. And that just leads me to the run game. I want McCaffrey and I want Mitchell. Um, I'm with you. I, I love Elijah Mitchell on the two games slate. And you can play him with like Purdy. You could you could get weird and play Purdy, McCaffrey, Mitchell, and then Kittle, uh, and and bring it back with some Seahawks on the two game slate. I like Metcalf a lot. Well, let's flip over to the the Seahawks side. I like Metcalf. Um, uh, really quick, yeah, yeah. Uh, George Kittle has seven touchdowns in his last four games, <laughs> and this is a near perfect matchup. Seattle uh, extremely vulnerable against tight ends. They're best in the league against outside wide receivers. I don't think a wide receiver has scored uh, double-digit fantasy points against them since, like, week 11. Uh, but this is a massive tight end funnel spot. This is also uh, a pass-catching running back funnel spot, also running backs in the ground, uh, but just really good against wide receivers. Um, so I really like him. You could argue, like, Debo back and not just back, but maybe, like, fully back. Uh, he was only at a 68% snap share last week. Could hurt Kittle. We, we've talked about Kittle splits with and without Debo. But uh, no, Kittle definitely, to me, stands out as a great play. Again, seven touchdowns last 
four games with uh, Brock Purdy. It's unbelievable. Um, crazy. Uh, Ayuk also is just uh, really good. Um, again, the matchup's not good, but uh, yeah, just just want to throw that out that he's he's really talented. Yeah, I've been on Ayuk in like underdogs mitten drafts. He goes too too late in those. I'm a little. I think I'm off of him this week, though. You were mentioning yeah. the matchup was so. It, it's it's it could be worse. Yeah, literally, it's probably the stone worst on the slate. I mean, they've just not given up anything to outside receivers, and Ayuk didn't really do much in the two games against Seattle this season. He had five for sixty-three and two for nineteen. Um, I, Debo is like the wild card on this the two game slate because he was back to like a full time route share i know he didn't play all the snaps but he ran around on 81 percent of the dropbacks last week um he's really tricky though he's now you know he's cheaper than iuk i i i would prefer debo to iuk if you're stacking niners uh just because I, they, they can find ways to get debo away from those outside corners um but jake what are your thoughts on debo because uh, he's he's like the trickiest play on the slate today. no yeah i mean i'm i'm with you i definitely like him more than iuk um yeah, I think, I mean, I'm trying to figure out where ownership's going to come in there. That's that's one of the trickier <laughs> spots, I think. Um, yeah, looking looking at the projections, let's see. Yeah, I mean, right around 12%. I mean, yeah, I'm fine, like, being a little overweight there. Um, yeah, I don't know if I'll take a huge stand, but definitely the San Francisco wide receiver that you want. Um, yeah. yeah. Plus, I mean, he could get some carries too. So sure. get away from those corners. Yeah, for sure. His rushing prop is 13 and a half, 14 and a half. So markets are expecting and That's pretty much like, that's all projection. I mean, he basically stopped running uh, the last half of the year. Um, I think the way to play, just talking it through with you guys, I think the way to play Debo is like probably avoid him on the six game slate, but the two game, he's real interesting in, in Niner stacks. But overall, I just want Kittle. Uh, perfect matchup. Scott, you were saying seven touchdowns in four games. That's more touchdowns than he scored in all of 2021. You just needed Brock Purdy to get him there. It's unbelievable. Unfucking believable. Uh, All right, switching the Seahawks side. Um, DK Metcalf is like on that Mike Evans diet. Like he keeps getting extremely high value targets, but not cashing them in. He's had a a couple plays, big plays negated due to penalty. Uh, Last two weeks of the season, Metcalf is the wide receiver 11 by XFP. He actually tied Justin Jefferson and expected touchdowns with 0.7, but only scored whatever it was like 0.3 per game. Um, I've been trying to find a way to bet Metcalf to like explode here. Um, I'm probably going to end up taking yards. He's got the worst matchup of the, of the two Lockett uh, gets the better matchup through the slot Scott, but um Man, I mean, Niners are, or excuse me, Seahawks are huge dogs here. Like Metcalf getting 10, 11 targets and a trailing script is like super sexy to me. Yeah, I, I was going to argue the other way with this where, okay. okay, he's been like a massive XFP regression candidate all season, uh, but he only has two games all year over 20 fantasy points, 20 DK fantasy points. Uh, however, I'm like shook this year just because, Every time I've written off a guy, I'm like, okay, well, he hasn't done it. Joe Mixon explodes. TJ Hawkinson explodes. Mike Evans explodes. Uh, so, yeah, maybe he's the the Mike Evans play this week. Uh, DK, uh, you know, he's only 600. In contrast to his volume, he's, he's one of the best plays of the slate. Um, Tyler Lockett, too, has like a million injuries, but he still somehow gets it done every single week. Um 
Yeah, let me dig deeper into this matchup. It's slot wide receivers and right wide receivers versus uh, San Francisco. Let me check the alignments. Okay. San Francisco, I had, a, I had a note this week. Since week 12, like the 49ers actually haven't been, you know, like the devastating pass game matchup that they were earlier in the season. They've been a, they've been a bit softer, 12 softest against uh, quarterbacks, fourth, fourth softest against wide receivers, ninth softest against tight ends. Yeah. Um, I've noticed that too. And I think some of that, Jake, is like teams just don't want to run. Like they're just fuck it. Yeah. We'll just throw it against them. Like we know we're dead against the run. Like, we'll just throw it. Like, Adams went off for him, 7-153-2. and two. McLaurin, Dotson both had good games recently. They did shut down Metcalf and, and Lockett, and I think that's more so just, like, maybe they have the answer for Geno, which scares the shit out of me. So that, that Yeah, I mean, potentially. And, like, I mean, the Geno call, it's only for those, like, super large field six-game slate tournaments. I mean, he's going to be, you know, 2 3% owned. He'll probably be the lowest owned quarterback of the of the 6 game slate and I mean, you know, these wide receivers aren't going to pick up any ownership. I think Colby Parkinson is actually a pretty strong play even if yeah. Fant goes. Um yeah, at just 2500, I mean, he's one of the best salary saving options of the slate. Um yeah. Yeah, I'll, um, let me make that note in a sleep breakdown real quick. Yeah, I'll just say uh, the 49ers rank bottom five in schedule adjusted against slot wide receivers and right wide receivers. They're much better against left wide receivers. Uh, Tyler Lockett's going to run 85% of his routes from the slot or right. Uh, Metcalf is going to run about 50% of his routes from the left. So he definitely does have the more favorable quarterback yeah. matchup. That's a good note. Um, Darren sent over some ownership projections from awesome uh in uh dm and he it looks like metcalf is 27 locket is 27 percent as well so they're right there very even great call on parkinson though um he was i put this in slate breakdown but the last two weeks i mean he's ran more routes than fan has more targets um so good point i mean for the two game slate parkinson is is definitely in play like that a lot yeah, I mean, um, even even for the six game slate, like I I think I think he's in play. I mean, no one's like no one's going to touch these Seattle pass catchers outside of Lockett and Metcalf, right? So, yeah, yeah, Geno plus that's, Metcalf plus Parkinson, you're getting well, that, like zero yeah. ownership. Yeah, and that's the other thing is like, you know, they lost Marquise Goodwin, they lost Will Disley. Um, you know, they they might they might have to go a lot more two tight end twelve personnel sets with with Parkinson and Fan anyway. Um. Yeah, Darren said in, in DM that Debo will never be 5,700 again, and he's not overthinking it. I think that's just right. Like, he's, yeah, he's going to be 6K for the rest of the playoffs, maybe 7. He'll, he might push 7K if they get to the, the Super Bowl. Um, I just I just question the ceiling, man. Like, we need the Seahawks to press, and Purdy hasn't been pressed yet. Purdy is averaging just 26 pass plays per game. I mean, that's like Marcus Mariota levels. Uh, he's just dunking on everybody with Kittle and – and Ayuk and McCaffrey. Um, all right, keep it moving here. Chargers, Jags here, boys. Uh, this line is bounced all over the place. So it opened Chargers two and a half. It got down to ja- uh, Chargers one yesterday, and it's back up to Chargers two. Uh, this is These are two teams that, like, Sharps have been on this year, uh, especially Jags as of late. Um, so it's, it's going to be interesting to see where this line ends. Overrunners 47 and a half. Uh, big injury news uh, that we're waiting for is Mike Williams. I mean, Brandon Staley just uh, – I've it's kind of crazy. Staley's gone from this like wonderkin uh like prodigy to like the fakest sharp 
in a year. Like I have no clue what they were doing playing their guys last week and they got their asses kicked. Uh, so chargers are backing into the playoffs here. My Jags are looking good, man. Uh, short dogs uh, against a, a back reeling team. Uh, when I was going through just the overview of this game, do you guys know how many playoff teams the chargers beat this year? Take a guess. No. One. One. And it was Miami. <laughs> It was that weird-ass Miami game, and that's like when Miami started dying. Uh, I think, you know, we've been talking all week, the media's been talking a week about, you know, Chargers Vi- or Vikings Giants, like who's the bigger fraud? Like, I think the Chargers are kind of fraudulent too. Um, not to say the Jags can't lose this game. I mean, they almost fucked up the Titans game, but uh, we'll leave that there. Uh, we'll start Chargers side. Scott, I'll talk to you first. I mean, Jags secondary has just been so trash as of late. Um, uh, we've been wanting Herbert to have a ceiling. This is certainly a great spot for it. I mean, this game should be up in pace for sure. Uh, so what are your thoughts here on this game? What are your thoughts on Herbert and the chargers? Yeah. I, I don't know that I have much interest in Herbert, uh, price mm-hmm. looks good, but zero games this year over 29 DraftKings fantasy points, uh, really just like a non-existent ceiling. And this speaks to, I think, the offense as a whole. It's like, what are you doing? This horizontal raid offense. You have this elite uh, Greek god of a quarterback who's not allowed to throw past, you know, eight yards downfield. You just have Austin Eckler racking up these meaningless PPRs and Keenan Allen racking up these meaningless PPRs, which is great from a fantasy perspective. But from like a real NFL perspective, I do think the Jaguars are going to win. I Granted, I think it's close. Um, but I do think that's what's going to happen. Uh, and then even like for Trevor Lawrence, if you want to argue against him, it's across the full season. And Daniel Jones has been more productive, um, which is just crazy. Uh, but yeah, let me let me dig deeper into the 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 matchups here. But um, that that was my first impression. Yeah. Um, among the expensive quarterbacks, I have Herbert like way behind. Allen and Burrow like Allen projects five points clear of everybody so that's not even a debate but like I've got Herbert or Herbert clearly as the as the three among the expensive guys I mean the ceiling is 300 yards and two touchdowns but you're right I mean you know he just hasn't had the the 30 point ceiling like Allen Burrow even Daniel Jones and uh, Kirk Cousins have had and Jones and Cousins are you know significantly cheaper um Jake what's your thoughts here yeah, I'm not super excited about the Chargers. I say this as someone who had a just a ton of Chargers features from last February um, that I basically like round tripped from 25 to one to 12 to one, and now they're back at you know 25 to one. Um, I think the Jags probably win this game. I'm just I'm trying to figure out what to do with Austin Eckler. I you know they've they've managed his workload all season to to keep him healthy, and I wonder you know is this the spot where they finally you know give him like a 75% snap share. Um, I think it is. Yeah, that, that's kind of what I'm thinking too. And if he's going to be, you know, 20, 25% owned on the, on the six game slate, I, you know, I think he's a pretty strong play. He's, he's kind of the only guy I'm looking at on this, on this charger side. I, I think with the way things sit right now, unless, you know, we get like a huge ownership discount on, on Herbert. Yeah. Um, and that's actually something to keep in mind. I think just for the slate at large is like guys like Eckler McCaffrey will just for Elijah Mitchell's sake, just to get him in the game. But like 
we're going to see Barkley, Eckler, those guys at like 90% snap share this week. Like there's, there's no restrictions. ETN, same thing. We'll see ETN at, at 90%. Um, I got to cape up for Keenan Allen. I know I called him washed a couple of weeks ago and he still doesn't <laughs> look like close to the same player. Like he just doesn't have the same burst, but like none of that matters when you're getting the target volume he is. Um, since he returned, uh, from that hamstring injury, only Justin Jefferson and Garrett Wilson had more total targets than Keenan Allen since week 12. Just crazy volume. Jags are absolutely trash against slot receivers. They gave up the, the third most yards, 92 point yards per game, 90, uh, 90.2 yards per game, excuse me, to slot receivers this year. Um, I think Allen's underpriced a little bit on the slate, even with flatter pricing. Um, I have a wide receiver five on the slate. I, I, you could make an argument for him at four over lamb, but lamb's like in a perfect spot and he's not washed. Um, but I, I do like Keenan quite a bit. Yeah. I, th- I think you put it perfectly. Uh, it's a top seven matchup in the slot. It's the clear liability uh, to this Jacksonville uh, pass defense, insane volume and like incredible production, massively high floor. He's never going to hurt you. And he showed last week and for a couple of weeks now, he does have a ceiling as well. Yeah. Um, six game slate. I think my favorite way to play this game is like just ETN and Allen together and then just nothing else. Um, Cause Travis ETN we'll flip to the Jack side here. It's just in like a massive spot here. 6,300 on DraftKings. Kings. Uh, we're getting a nice price discount just with the flatter pricing. Um, and, you know, last week we, we've seen it all season with Doug Peterson. Like he's just, you know, maybe he was a little too conservative last week with the past game, but by and large, like he's game planned extremely well this year. They didn't run the ball at all against the Titans because you just don't run on Tennessee, especially when they're healthy. Uh, this is like the complete opposite matchup directionally. I mean, Chargers have been absolutely awful against running backs this 10 weeks. Like their defense started playing better, but their run defense stayed the same. Like they started playing better past defense, getting a little more pressure and they got Joey Bosa back. But the run defense is still like comically bad. And uh, Jake, ETN 6,300 here. I think he's going to be probably the highest owned player on the two game slate. That's what it's looking like. He's going to be up there with Eckler. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, he'll push for the highest owned running back on the six game slate as well. I mean, consensus projections have him as the top value. It's the, it's the nuts matchup. I mean, the only real risk here is if the Chargers get out to a big lead, I mean, his receiving role is just like non existent. Um, but, you know, it's the playoffs. So maybe this is the week where he gets a 70% route share. I'm, I'm not too sure about that, but it is, it is possible. Um, so yeah, I, I really like him as a play. Yeah. I, I don't know, man. I chargers haven't gone out to a big lead against like anybody. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And let's keep in mind. I mean, it was week three chargers were a different defense. They've been, like I said, much better past defense wise. But, like, the Jags completely destroyed them in week three. And, like, Trevor Lawrence was not playing particularly well to start the season. Like, he kind of looked like his rookie season self. So, um, yeah, I'm excited as hell for this game. Um, Jake, any interest at all in Lawrence or Jags stacks for the sixth game? I think think there's other plays I'd rather go to, but... Yeah, he's not my favorite, but I'll 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 try it out a few Jag stacks there. I I mean, yeah, ETN just really stands out as the as the top play on that side, but yeah. you know, I mean, Lawrence, Kirk, Zay, like they're just not going to carry a ton of ownership. Um, yeah. 
And so, the- and they've, they've shown great ceilings, you know, um, yeah. they, they've really popped in a few games this year. I, I guess Zay will be a little popular, but yeah, you, you scroll down a little bit. I mean, Kirk's going to be 10, 15%. Um, people aren't going to play Evan Ingram because of the tough matchup. Uh, I, I think he's fine. Um, yeah, but yeah, probably, probably better spots overall. Zay is probably going to pop as the top point in price. Like I think I prefer Zay this week just because Kirk is a really tough matchup. Chargers gave up the fewest re- uh, receiving yards per game to slot receivers this year. Um, and by the way, Kirk and ETN, or excuse me, not Kirk and ETN, but Lawrence and ETN are like massively negatively correlated. So if you're stacking Lawrence, I would probably avoid ETN and just use that as leverage. Uh, just because like... Below average matchup that doesn't like give you a hint as to who goes off and nothing about their production really goes off uh, or gives you gives you that either. I will just say like I think Evan Ingram is going to be massively slept on in terms of ownership, uh, ownership relative to upside in terms of his value. Uh, the guy averages 17 fantasy points per game over his last six with a high of 42, uh, four games over four, 14. Uh, it's just, it's just boomer box. I mean, that's why people, I mean, the yeah, average tight end is though. I mean, yeah. And that hot streak is just like for, for 42 points from a tight end. I don't care that it happened once over his last like 80 games. That's just like rare upside. And he's, he's been playing well and he's been more heavily involved. So I, I like him at least just as much as Kirk and Zay Jones, but factor in price and ownership. And I, I should probably like him significantly more. Yeah, um, I'm with you. I like him. I have Evan Ingram ahead of Dalton Schultz in the rankings. I stopped at putting him ahead of Dawson Knox, though. I think Knox just has, like, amazing touchdown equity in that game. So, and you could play a tight end in the flex on the short slate. Yeah, you oh, def- yeah. yeah that's, a, that's a good point. And there's three of them. There's really there's really five of them. Like, if you want to throw Kittle and Hawkins in that bucket, but there's three 4K tight ends, Knox, Ingram, and Schultz, that are definitely live for – for two tight end belts. So I'm with you on that. Um, and then Jake was, was hyping up Parkinson. So you can get weird there too. If you want to go that route. Um, any other thoughts here, boys? We'll move on to the Sunday games. Nope. 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 Uh, this is going to be a quick one, at least talking through the Dolphins side. Dolphins bills. Bills are 13 point favorites over and 43 and a half. And uh, boy, uh, Dolphins are in a rough spot here. Like, not only do they not have Tua, not only is Teddy, Teddy the backup, they're going to start Skyler. Their offensive line is fucked. Uh, Teron, Teron Armstead is hurt. Uh, he He's going to have to gut it out. Like, he's got, like, five different injuries right now. But the problem is his backup, Brandon Shell, is also hurt. Austin Jackson, their other right tackle, who started opposite of Armstead this whole year, has been on IR. I don't think he's going to get back. They're, they're telling Kendall Lamb, who was, like, the third-string tackle, and their guard, Liam Eikenberg. Um, I mean, they, they might legitimately have one of their offensive line starters this week, one of their five. It's just – it's a rough spot, man, for, for Dolphins, and it makes this game really rough to analyze. I mean, Bills are huge favorites here. Allen is, you know, clearly the best quarterback play on the slate, Jake. I don't think the Dolphins are going to press him at all. That's the thing. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you there. I mean – Assuming Skylar Thompson starts, uh, yeah, Tyreek Kill, Jalen Waddle, just not in play for me. They're too expensive. The guy that I am super interested in, though, on the Miami side is Jeff Wilson. 
Um, if Raheem Mostert's out, I mean, he might be the best running back play of the slate and like people don't want to touch him, uh, in Skylar Thompson's, uh, in the games where he's thrown at least 20 passes, this backfield averages 31.6 expected fantasy points per game, which is a 68% increase over, uh, the XFP that they averaged with either Bridgewater or Tua. Um, I mean, yeah, it's just going to be checked down city to Jeff Wilson over and over and over again. Um, so yeah, I'd love Jeff Wilson as a play, assuming, uh, you know, Mostert sits, um, I think that's still up in the air as of, as of right now, but they said, I mean, it was a pretty bad, you know, break in his thumb, which you yeah. would think would, would cause a running back to, to sit yeah. out. Yeah, dude, he broke his thumb. I, I mean, I just don't think he's going to play, um, ball security is a major, major issue with thumb. Yeah. Um, yeah, exactly. I'm, so. I'm definitely, I'm definitely with you on Jeff Wilson. I mean, Thompson has targeted his running backs 27% of the time on 103 throws, something like that. Um, by the way, just keep this in the back of your mind, Jeff Wilson over receptions. When that drops, they're going to wait to the last minute to do Dolphins props. Oh yeah. We'll probably get him Saturday night or maybe Sunday morning. Um, but definitely keep that Jeff Wilson receptions in the back of your mind. Uh, I don't think he's the best running back play on the slate. I think ETN is just at his price, but Wilson will probably end up being like the second or third best value at worst. If I mean, days. accounting for ownership though, like if Wilson's going to be 10 or 15%, like, that's fair. Oh, man, I, I'm yeah. going to have a hard time getting off of it. That's fair. I mean, he's been a 65, 70% snap share. Ahmed, Salvin Ahmed will be the two. He'll mix in for eight, nine touches, but. Yeah, we're getting this really solid floor for Jeff Wilson and uh, especially on DK. Um, I think that's the way to play it, though, man. Like, if you're playing Allen, like, you bring it back with Wilson. You don't have to. Uh, By no means do you have it. Diggs is obvious for Allen's text, but, I mean, I I think Knox is, like, the clear number two, and I have, like, no interest in Gabe Davis here. I I like Gabe Davis. Um, Really? Okay. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm I'm fine with it. It's... I mean, ownership will probably determine my exact exposure there, but you know, his, his usage has been a little better at 4,800. I mean, that's, that's pretty nice. Obviously, you know, it's boom or bust, but yeah, I mean, uh, Allen plus digs and then one of, you know, Knox or, or Gabe, uh, maybe a little Isaiah McKenzie. Um, but we'll see. I think he popped up on the injury report. Yeah. He's got um, a hamstring. Yeah. Yeah. That's tough with like a twitchy guy like him. Yeah, McKenzie um, has a hamstring injury. He uh, his they did release his props, so he's going to play. Books don't release props for injured guys if they know they're not going to play. Yeah. How, uh, how much is uh, John Brown, aka the good Gabe Davis, aka Smoke Brown, thirty three year old coming out of here? Um, he's not even. I got to be honest with you, he's not even in my uh, in my model here. He's going to touchdown. He's right? he's thirty one hundred. Thirty one. What if what if he's just kind of you know, assuming they gave Davis deep shot. They, they have to elevate him. So they brought they brought Beasley to the active roster. They'd have to bring him up. That means they would keep Diggs, Davis, McKenzie, Beasley, Shakir, and Brian. Yeah, they could keep six. Um, two things on Gabe Davis. So one, coverage. So Dolphins are like one of the few teams that actually roll man coverage like nearly 50% of the time. And Gabe, like, can't beat man. He's, like, 63rd out of 66 receivers in targets per route run versus man. Um, I, he's 4,800, which looks like a discount. But, Jake, like, I would much rather play Giants receivers. J- Richie James is 39. Oh, yeah. Hodgins is 41. Slayton's 42. Like, 
it's it's crazy. We're sitting here in wild card round weekend talking about Gabe Davis and we want Giants. I want Giants. <laughs> I mean, receivers. like the Giants yeah, receivers like, are oh, objectively better plays, but they're going to all yeah. double Gabe's ownership. So, yeah, you know, in, in large field stuff, I, I'm still I'm still fine with Gabe. Yeah. Yeah. Um, all right. Yeah. Not. Uh, uh, by the way, I was going to cape up for Dawson Knox. Um, he's been. Yeah. We're really bad against tight ends this year, too. Um, second most receptions, nine most yard, ninth most yards allowed to tight ends. Um, I think he's like borderline must in Allen stacks, just 4K. You're getting a really strong touchdown equity. Um, he probably doesn't have the yardage upside of Hawkinson and Ingram, but he can double dog easily. I hope this game is like uh the New England Buffalo game in the playoffs last year, where it has like the same vibes where it's like, okay. Buffalo should just truck them, right? But it's a divisional opponent. And then, uh, what, he scored a touchdown in every single drive they had, and Josh Allen had one completion. It was just possessed. Yeah. I hope that's what we, what we see this week. I mean, I feel like that's what we shouldn't see. But I Yeah, I'm kind of with you. I'm kind of with you. I think they add one, play James Cook, just because he's 700 cheaper on DK. Mm-hmm. Roll's been growing, 36% snap there to 41 to 56, but... I mean, they could easily come back and just be like, Singletary's the veteran. He's the guy. Like, yeah, that's that's what I'm wondering. Is like, are they going to go back to playoff Singletary, where he's just like the uber <laughs> bell cow that never comes off the field? Listen, there's only one running back on this slate who has generated a playoff nickname and deserves it. <laughs> Fucking Lombardi Lenny. Um, yeah, no, I had the same thought. Jake. Like, okay, Cook's role has been growing, but they could easily just be like Singletary's back in seventy percent snap share and. He gets 14 carries for 45 yards and doesn't score any <laughs> points. Um, yeah, man. I mean, I just it's Allen all day here. Um, that'll pretty much cover this game. I, I really I don't want Gasicki. Tyreek's way too expensive. I think Waddle's like the only dude I would somewhat entertain just because he's so much cheaper. But even then, he projects so poorly, and you're taking massive opportunity cost risk with so many better receivers in his range. So, um, all right, Giants Vikings. This has my vote for game of the week here. Uh, this has my vote for the high scoring game of the week. Uh, injury wise, not much to note here. Giants could get a Dory Jackson back. Uh, and I think Leonard Williams will play their defensive end. Uh, Vikings offensive line is, is in a kind of a tough spot here. Uh, Giants are very, very aggressive, very blitz heavy, it didn't matter much in their first matchup back in week 16. Cousins had a really strong game. Um, but, you know, Giants are going to blitz the shit out of Cousins. They don't have uh, the right tackle, Brian O'Neill. Garrett Bradbury has missed the last, like, five, six weeks. Their center, uh, he might miss this game here, too. So just something to keep an eye on is Vikings offensive line. But by and large, like, every other every other point of this game is, like, points to a massive shootout. Uh, when I was researching this, like, Giants, I, I I bet on Giants receivers in that game, but I didn't realize that the Giants put up 445 total uh, total yards of offense in week 16 in the Vikings. And man, I mean, this game has massive, massive shootout potential. Jake, you were mentioning, let's start with the Giants side, just because I think I think the receivers are probably the, the one to talk through and, and Barkley's too cheap as well. We'll get there, but like, I'm with you. On the three-game slate, on the six-game slate, Giants receivers are going to be massive chalk. Uh, do you have a preference on any of those three? It's re- it's so tight between the pricing, but yeah, yeah, I was I was honestly pretty happy to see pricing be as tight as it is because I think Slayton's like my 
favorite of the three. Mm. And it looks like ownership's all tight enough outside of maybe, um, you know, Cincinnati, Baltimore, that I, I, I think you can definitely justify getting away from like big game stacks here um, in the larger field stuff on the six game slate. But yes. yeah, I mean, these these Giants wide receivers have like the absolute nuts matchup. They're all going to be super popular. They're all great values. I like if you're playing large field tournaments, I think you can get away from this game and just stack the shit out of Chargers Jags and hope that game goes off because all those guys are relatively cheap enough and you can, you can get weird with like, you know, Lawrence plus Jags pass catchers plus Eckler plus Keenan. Um, So there's the, yeah, there's, there's definitely one game that you can get, you know, on the six game slate, you can feel confident game stacking in. But the, I mean, this is still like the nuts game. I think um, Daniel Jones and Kirk Cousins are both cheap. They're both cheap on both sides. Cousins is a particularly good value on FanDuel. I think at seventy five hundred. Um, I mean, they're both really strong plays. I've got Daniel Jones ahead of Cousins though, just because of the rushing. I mean, <laughs> if you look, pull up Daniel Jones' uh, Pro Football Reference page, you'll be stunned at his rushing. Like he had one twenty seven hundred yards and seven touchdowns, which is unbelievable from Danny Danny Dimes. Um, second most yards of his season passing yards of the season came in this spot against the Vikings. He had three thirty four. Um, I think he's got, you know, he's going to be the highest on quarterback on the slate, but for good reason. Um, he's got twenty nine point upside at fifty six hundred on DK. I mean, it makes it makes a ton of sense. Um, yeah, man, I'm with you on Slayton, by the way. Uh, I was going to mention this too. If you're doing underdog mitten drafts, Slayton in the last round with Barkley. So on Barkley teams, take Slayton last round, get two Giants to advance. Because uh, I'm with you. I, I think Slayton has the most upside out of all of these guys by far. We've been spamming outside receivers against the Vikings all year with Jones, but um, I think Slayton's probably the best bet for a touchdown on that group too. Um, Barkley, man, I. I almost made him RB one among the expensive running backs. Like, I think you can make a case for it. Um, he's just, you know, it's cheaper than McCaffrey, cheaper than Eckler. Like I mentioned, um, I think we're going to see Barkley like 99% snap share. Uh, you can make a case for him as the better value among the three. Yeah. I think he'll be the highest owned running back of the slate and, for good reason. These teams, uh, both teams posted their highest pass rate over expectation uh, of the season when they played each other in week 16. So Great stuff. yeah, definitely get why people want to want to play these game stacks. Yep, for sure. Uh, Jefferson Hawkinson. Um, you can get weird and play Thielen and Osborne. They're certainly going to be like, um, but yeah, big field stuff. Like that's the weird, that's the way to get weird in this game is, is Osborne and Thielen just because they're going to be, 11% where Slate and Hodgins James are going to be like 50. Um, they obviously just carry a much lower ceiling. Osborne would be my favorite out of the two. He's actually come on a little bit as of late, but um, still pretty thin for, for single entry stuff. Um, you guys got any other thoughts here on this game? Yeah, I, I think a lot of this slate comes down to does Jefferson go nuclear and break it or, or not? Um, Last time these two teams faced off, Jefferson had 16 targets, over 100 yards and a score. Hawkinson, 16 targets, over 100 yards and two scores really broke the slate. I do think Adoree Jackson being back is huge. Um, Wait, I mean, Jefferson is he for still, sure back? Is Adoree for sure back? 
Uh, no, let's double check that. I, I assumed he was. I, think he, was. I think he will be too. I just was curious if you saw something. No, I just know he was close to playing last week. So, yeah. okay. And the week before that. Um, uh, I, I did like Isaiah Hodgins a little bit more than Slayton. Uh, I, he has the marginally better matchup. They're both going to be on the outside, but he gets a little bit more of the favorable, most favorable matchup. Uh, and then Darius Slayton, like I think Slayton's the better talent, but I, I do think the Giants just hate him. Uh, he played in last week's game where Hodgins did not. And I wonder if that just implies a, a sort of pecking order with where Hodgins is on top. Um, but outside of that, yeah, I, everything you said sounds good to me. Dalvin Cook, is he is he seriously banged up or, or no? Because he missed some time last week, right, with that injury? Well, he it was a new injury. So he had some sort of like small ankle sprain. I think he came back to that. He came back in the game. Yeah. They, pulled, they pulled Jefferson. Um, he might be playing hurt. It could also just be they haven't had their center, Garrett Bradbury. Um, but yeah, I mean, last seven games, he's averaging three and a half yards per carry. And the passing, you know, the passing down work is pretty much dried up with with Hawkinson there. So um, I, I have Cook at RB7 on this slate. Like, He's only in Viking stacks, I think. He's probably the easiest chalk running back to fade, I think. Yeah. Yeah, I think based on price tag, based on the way he's been playing um, it's all year, but I just I think there's something broken with this Vikings run game here. Um, all right. Fun game. Ravens-Bengals, not so fun game. Uh, this spread has moved from Bengals 7 to Bengals 8.5. I'm fully expecting that's because Tyler Huntley will be the starter. Um, I mean, listen, I mean, Huntley under center just basically nukes this game. Like, there's no other way to say it. I mean, in the five appearances that Tyler Huntley made this season, on their 47 possessions, they scored four touchdowns. Um, offense has just been absolute trash. Uh, and you know, they're going to want to run the ball, but Bengals have been really, really good against the run this year. They finally got DJ reader and, and Sam Hubbard and, and Hendrickson all back on the field at the same time. So Bengals, you know, defensive line is in a much better spot too. Uh, I was praying Lamar could play, but you know, he doesn't have a new contract. His knee is, is apparently extremely fucked up. He had really bad swelling. I saw from Schefter rap sheet on Sunday morning. They're saying he's still dealing with bad swelling. So yeah, I think we're going to get Huntley here. Um, I mean, Burrow was fantastic, Jake, to close out the season, but Jesus, I mean, how long is he going to have to press in this game? Um, that's my big question. And I think it, it severely hurts Burrow's projection. Yeah. Yeah. I totally, I totally get that. And I think, you know, if, if Burrow was going to be pretty popular, I'd, I'd probably more than willing to play Burrow stacks there. I mean, yeah. the Bengals just like since week six ish just have not let up in terms of passing the ball. Um, and this game is going to be no exception. You know, I think, uh, you know, they're probably a little more motivated to to dominate in the playoffs after the rough Super Bowl loss last year. And yeah, I mean, I could, I could see Burrow. I mean, even if they win by 21, 24, like Burrow could still drop back 45 times, um, you know, just because it's, it's the playoffs. So I, I really like Burrow stacks and, you know, the only run back candidate is, is Mark Andrews, uh, realistically there. So it'll, we'll see how ownership shakes out, but I, I don't think Burrow will get steamed because people are going to be pretty scared of the, the blowout script and may lean into Joe Mixon a little bit more. Who's, you know, he's a fine plays a, a bit too cheap, but I think he's 68. Um, 
yeah, 6,800. But yeah, I like, I think Burrow's probably going to end up as my highest stone quarterback this week or, you know, right there. I was waiting to see what, what uh, ownership projections would look like to make a, might make a final call on Burrow, but he's clearly QB2 on this slate. Um, I bumped him up big in our projections this morning and, I mean, I'm with you. I mean, even for three quarters, Burrow thrown 35 times. I mean, he could easily drop 302 touchdowns. Um, I'm a, I'm probably going to be a little lower than Burrow than you are, Jake. Um, but I still love Jamar Chase. Like, no, oh, yeah. no moving off Chase. Like, he's if you know, just volume Jefferson, has been awesome as of late. It's been insane, bro. Like, if Jefferson was an 8400, which by the way I think is the cheapest Jefferson's been all year, like Chase would easily be the top receiver on the slate at 8k um but yeah volume's been insane 12 targets per game since he came back from a hip injury uh he's clearly clearly been the number one over higgins um yeah i I just love chase man i think i think optimally like what you're going to see in optimizers on sunday is like all the giants and vikings then with chase because you can you can find ways to play jefferson and chase together because uh giants vikings quarterbacks are are so cheap but yeah, no moving off chase here. Um, Jake, you got any Mixon thoughts? Like, I, I, you can include. Obviously, you're including him with with Burrow stacks, but just as like just in general, the play. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm fine with it. Running backs pretty tough because it looks like it's going to be you know Barkley number one, and then probably a pretty even spread in terms of ownership between you know CMC Eckler. Cook, ETN, Mixon. Um, Mixon's probably like my fourth favorite out of that group. I, I don't know. I'll probably, I, I don't think I'm going to take a, a big stand there. I'll probably just get get pretty close to the field in terms of ownership. Um, I definitely like him in like on Burrow teams um, as part of that that blowout script. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Don't don't have any super strong thoughts there though. Yeah, I think most of his upside is pretty much tied to his passing down work. Um, they, they just haven't been able to run the ball. Ravens have been amazing against their run here as of late too. They've they've averaged uh, just three and a half yards per carry allowed since uh, since they got Roquan Smith. Um, so yeah, I mean you're you're banking on Mixon being a pass catcher. So honestly, I think he's a terrible one off, but like really sharp in Burrow teams. I think, but he's been losing some routes to to Trent Irwin. I wonder if that's just like a side effect of the the finger. Yeah, that's Thirteen catches in his last four games since then. Yeah. Um, I think he's only in in Burrow stacks. Yeah. Um, because I, I thought about that too. Is like a it's a leverage play off the Giants guys, but like I I think I'd rather just eat the chalk with Giants guys. Um. Yeah, I think that's it from this game, Scott. You got any thoughts here? No. Nope. Nor, um, yeah, I don't think I have much else. Look at the my notes real quick. All right, that'll do it. Cowboys Bucks here, Monday night game here to cap off wild card weekend. Cowboys are two and a half point favorites. Over under is forty five and a half. Um, yeah, not too much on the injury front. Um, I think Cowboys are going to get their center Tyler Biotish back. And Bucks offensive line should be in a much, much better spot. Uh, probably the best spot they've been all year. They should get Ryan Jensen back. They're going to get Donovan Smith back. Um, this is the healthiest the Bucks offensive line has been. And um, I think this is the trickiest 
the trickiest game on the slate. Um, we'll start at the top. Cowboys, Bucks is by far the number one game in my pace and plays model. Uh, Dallas was second in pace all year, basically. Uh, Bucks finished uh, number one in place per game. Um, you know, pace, volume should all be there. Jake, I, I've got to be honest, man. Like, I have no gut feel for this game right now. Um, just going through some of the, the research, like, Cowboys' pass defense has been absolute trash. Last five weeks of the season, Jordan Lewis and Anthony Brown, two of their top three corners, uh, are both out for the season. And, and since they lost Anthony Brown, I mean, the, the floodgates have just opened. Um, I, look, Brady and the Bucks have, like, completely flopped and airballed better spots than this. Um, matchup is great. I'm curious for what your gut feel is for this game because I think this is the the trickiest spot of the week. Yeah, I mean it's it's a really tough one. I think what I'm probably going to end up doing is going a little overweight on both quarterbacks, um, just with like some some heavy game stacks and and you know in case this game shoots out, which I definitely think is possible. I mean, you could really like you could argue it's a it's a tight shootout or it's a blowout in in either direction. Yeah. Um. So I think I'm going to try to play into you know, all those possibilities a little bit. I, I think this game will probably go a bit under owned. Um, so it's, it's a tough one overall. Um, I, my, my gut feel is, is that, I mean, they've, they were terrible in like 75% of their games this season. So, you know, if, if it is a blowout, it's, it's probably Dallas blowing out Tampa Bay. Um, and, you know, maybe that, maybe that makes Zeke a pretty strong play. Um, you know, Zeke plus Dallas D, something like that. Um, but yeah, honestly, I'm I'm still figuring this one out. Yeah. Um, I mean, I'm I'm th- my like first read on this game on Sunday was that the Bucks win and it's like a piece of shit game. Um I could I mean Bucks defense has been bad too. Like, you know, I, I just it's a really tricky game because like Dak left such a bad taste in everybody's mouth last week. I mean, he was so awful, bro. And like he threw 15, he threw 15 interceptions this year. Like there's like Jameis, there's like Jameis Winston type upside to this game for Bucks guys, because Dak could throw two picks and just donate two extra possessions to the Bucks. Um, So I, I think I'm on, I'm on Brady, Brady stacks for sure over Dak, but just as like what actually at the actual outcome of this game, like I've, I'm a lot like cloudier on. Um, I will say like, this is like the perfect matchup for CD lamb. Um, lamb finally emerged as like an alpha receiver this year. And, and Jake, you kind of, I think you said that you think Cowboys are going to be under owned. I think lamb in particular is going to be massively under owned. You can make a case for him being the wide receiver too on the slate behind Jefferson. Um, I mean, he's just been a stud wide receiver four in fantasy. Once Dak returned 19 and a half fantasy points per game. Um, you know, Lamb is 65, 70% of the slot, and that's where the Bucks are by far the worst. Uh, Bucks have been really good against outside receivers this year, but trash against slot receivers. 8.9 yards per target allowed to slot receivers, and I, I think Dak is just gonna just gonna pepper him. Um, but trying to figure out what the script of this game is is the trickiest part. Um by far the trickiest part. But I, I do I do love Lamb. Um Jake, you have a strong feel on like Godwin or Edwins or Godwin and Evans. I mean, man, um, probably lean Godwin slightly. I, I don't, I don't know there. Um, 
So just looking at ownership, like no one's going to touch these Cowboys running backs. And I think a big part of that is because the game script is just so cloudy. Like you really don't know what to expect. And this is like the fourth most productive backfield in fantasy. So if you're getting Pollard and, and Zeke both under, you know, 10% on a six game slate, that's, that's, that's pretty nice. I think. Yeah. Um, Pollard is by far, I think my preferred guy. And I think you can play yeah. with Cowboys D. He correlates with Cowboys D as well. They both project pretty poorly, so there just won't be much ownership there. So that's that's nice. Yeah, the Tampa Bay side is is tough. Kate Otten's a, a decent points per dollar play, um, so a twenty eight hundred. I prefer. Yeah, no, he sucks. Uh, he, he's actually <laughs> he's terrible. So um, yeah, I, I definitely prefer like Colby Parkinson um, over him. Otten will carry more ownership. Uh, maybe you could play Russell Gage to get a little weird. Um, yeah, I, I think it's I think tough. Gage and Julio are like showdown only guys. I just yeah, don't probably have, they probably just don't have enough projection for uh for the main slate or even the three uh well yeah the money game. Um, real quick, Bucks backfield. Um, I'm I'm leaning towards Bucks leaning on Leonard Fournette as like the main the main guy here. Um. You know, he basically got all of last week off with you said he's dealing with a foot injury. So hopefully he's a little healthier. But even even beyond the injury, he's been dealing with Fournette was um outsnapping White 202 to 163 in their last five games together. Uh Fournette had the clear edge in the red zone, which is what matters most to me. Uh he had 33 snaps to White's 14 last five games. Um, so if you're playing if you're playing Bucks, and especially if you're playing Brady Stacks. I think Fournette is is a must at fifty three hundred in in those, but otherwise, like he's kind of, it's kind of like the Dalvin Cook thing. Like he's probably a bad one off play, but at fifty three hundred, I think he's he's probably going to be. I think people by the by the time the end of the week, you know, rolls around Friday night, Saturday morning, I think Fournette's going to probably pick up a little bit of ownership, and I'm I'm really yeah. only interested in him and in Brady Stacks. Yeah, I'm with you there. Back to. Godwin versus Evans with the way yeah. projections are sitting right now. I mean, optimizers are, you're going to really have to force Evans in there to get, to get much at all. Um, larger field tournaments. I think, you know, the answer is pretty clearly Evans, unless he, he ends up getting steamed, which I don't, I don't think he will. I don't think the projections will come around to him enough um, for at least like optimizer heavy contests um, for him to be popular. Yeah, and I wrote well, the way I wrote this up is like he's got the clear matchup advantage. Um, mm-hmm. Cowboys, I said at the top, but like Cowboys secondary has been really bad. They've been really bad on deep balls, um, and that's kind of bled into the, the way they played outside receivers. Uh, Trevon Diggs is like an amazing athlete, and he's you know got great ball skills, but like as a cover corner, he's not great. Um, uh, last five weeks since losing Anthony Brown, Evans over Godwin, and it's. I also said in there too, like it's really hard to play Evans at like 69 when there's so much better value elsewhere. So um yeah, I was waiting to to write up all my favorite tournament ideas, but I bet Evans will probably be at the top of it. Um that's gonna do it here, boys. We spent an hour on this this slate. I don't think there's much need to make a lineup here. We're still waiting on a bunch of a bunch of Ravens guys. This is a pretty straightforward week. And also it's it's one of those weeks where like and I said this at the top of the slate breakdown, but uh, be extremely cognizant of the fields you're playing against big field max multi-entry tournaments like get, get weird with your viking stacks like add kj osborne uh fade giants or maybe fade an extra giants receiver in there 
and then smaller field stuff, you're you're obviously playing a lot more optimally and then just, you know, banking on one or two contrarian angles. So um, just keep that in mind, guys, with the six-game slate, or if you're playing the two or the three, uh, just be extremely aware of the fields you're playing against. But that's going to do it here. Um, any other final thoughts on the slate, Scott, Jake? Uh, no. Same no. for me. No, yeah, I think – you need some caffeine? Be, uh, I can yeah. send you some caffeine pills, Scott. I've got a whole, <laughs> whole bottle of them, baby. Well, I need to get back up. to that Tomcat is what it is. Oh, yeah. There you go. I haven't, <laughs> taken, I haven't taken Tomcat all season. I might need to get back on that. Yeah, surprise <laughs> Ashley tonight. <laughs> <laughs> surprise Ashley. Oh, Jesus. It might break. Um, on that note, yeah. guys, everybody, thanks for listening. Uh, thanks for hanging out with us this week. I think we're going to be back for one more show. We'll do a divisional round show next week. It'll probably be us three, uh, probably around the same time. We might do it Friday with the games. But does anybody know? Is, is there two games on Saturday? Or do they? They should. They should have put two games on Saturday next I week. I think so. Cool. It's typically. Uh, we'll play them on Thursday for next week, everybody. So, until then, good luck this week, and I hope to see you guys at the top of the leaderboards.